listening to the Leadership Woman podcast with me, Jill Savile. I hope you're all well and you enjoyed listening to the first part of the interview with Marcus Ball. He gave us insight into his background the three key motivations that led him to decide to do what he did, which was to take the Prime Minister of the UK to court for lying. He set up a crowdfunding site. He recorded a a video, explained what he wanted to do. He was not a lawyer. And he asked for £100,000. And in fact, in four weeks, he got £145,000 which showed the level of support that there was at the time. Um, And also, think this was in 2016. And if you look at what's happening in the UK today, still talking about people lying in politics, then, in fact, he was quite ahead of his time. So listen then to the second part of the interview as we pick up what happens next. In terms of power and influence and credibility, mm. what, what did you need around there? So <laughs> if we fast forward a bit to the actual prosecution, I think that's the best period of time to reflect upon that. So let's, uh, let's, let's paint a picture. We initiated the prosecution in early 2019. And despite having some press coverage of what I was trying to achieve, Relatively speaking, I was a complete nobody. Nobody knew who I was. Um, Some people named me as being a businessman in the news. I am not a businessman. I run social enterprises. Who am I I up against? I'm up against the most famous and powerful politician in the whole country. Boris Johnson is known not just in the UK. He's known in India. He's known in the US, all over the world. He's this charismatic, funny um, controversial and divisive, but also very popular with some people, politician. And the power of that influence was enormous. If you're, an, if you're a nobody trying to hold to account this powerful person, realistically, you don't stand a chance because everybody in, in the courtroom and in public feels like they know Boris Johnson. They know his story. They know his background. They know who he is. They feel like Although they may not trust him at all, they know who he is. I'm a complete unknown. And that makes me very vulnerable and easy to target. If you're going to be the subject of a Daily Mail uh, news story, and if they're going to be very critical and try to present me as being um, someone very unpleasant, who's going to speak up for me? Do I have friends at the Daily Mail? Am I connected to the owner of the Daily Mail? Do I have um, relationships with journalists in that field? No, no to all those questions. Boris Johnson can answer yes to answer all of those questions. He knows all those people. His influence is vast. He has connections with their bosses and their bosses' bosses. And so when you're prosecuting on a criminal level, that is uh, a whole new uh, world of high stakes. And People like me who who aren't well-known are very easy targets in comparison to Mr. Johnson. And this was a key lesson I learned. So the narrative, the influence I tried to put out there was this. 
I may be a nobody, but I have a legal right to bring a private prosecution. And I'm trying to, to establish, to prove for the public that when politicians lie to the public, they commit a criminal offense and they shouldn't be able to do it. But my influence was so small that my narrative did not get out there at all, hardly at all. Boris Johnson's narrative was that I was a vexatious, politically motivated private prosecutor who was trying to stop Brexit and that I believed that my case had no chance of winning whatsoever, but I was trying to frustrate him. It was an, an incredibly compelling narrative because each of the tabloids churned it out. His communications team churned it out. All of his um, political allies, the influence that he had with them enabled them and required them to be wheeled out on television and to attack us for what we were doing. So the moment our case became successful and we uh, we won the right to a jury trial, it became global news. The first thing that happened was we had Jacob Rees-Mogg, Dominic Raab, other politician after politician after politician coming out and saying, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? Um, what influence did I have? Where, where were my famous people coming to help me out? I had Gina Miller, who doesn't know me at all. <laughs> I've had a brief conversation with her a long time ago. We don't know each other. She came out in support of it and she defended it. Robert Peston, the ITV journalist, said some very pleasant things. And a few other people, actually Keir Starmer, um, back when he wasn't the Labour leader, he he said something quite supportive in a tweet. Um, he he contradicted a politician who said that it was a, 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 a publicity stunt. And he said that it's not a stunt. It's a matter of the criminal law and um, it needs to be decided in court, something like that. But... When you don't have those connections, when you're not a part of the establishment, you don't have enough people really fighting your corner. Um, and in the end, it's the narrative. So your influence, who you know, who you are, how famous you are, how connected you are, the power you have in the form of, in the form of influence, that is what determines how effective you're going to be in getting your own narrative out there. And my influence and my power was nothing in comparison to Johnson's, despite being right. <laughs> so that's a lesson I've learned. And uh, the response has taken a while. What we're doing is we are trying to, um, to get our, our narrative out there in a completely dominating fashion. So what we're doing is we're producing a documentary film, a feature length documentary film um, that will tell the whole story of our prosecution case and start to, to finish. It's the story of lying in politics and the fight to make it illegal. And it gets across to the audience what lying in politics really is, how it's a tool that politicians use to control us without our consent and abuse our human rights and our trust. And the film will also reveal what happened behind the scenes in our prosecution case against Mr. Johnson um, to demonstrate that our case was actually sabotaged by two very respected, famous people. And the film will work to explain how they did it what they did specifically, why it worked and who they are. We're actually already in talks with a major distributor to get it into some of the best places that we hope to get it onto, household name, broadcasters. We want to get this story out there in a big way because we cannot allow the narrative that's currently out there to, to continue. To answer your question <laughs> in, a, in a summary, Influence equates to the ability to which your narrative can be disseminated and broadcast to the public. If you have a small influence, you're not going to be able to get your narrative out there. If you have huge influence, you are. And we learned the lesson that 
when going up against someone that powerful, it doesn't matter that you're right. It doesn't matter that you have the evidence on your side, the law on your side, and morality on your side. What matters is that his influence is vast. So before we go back to court and before we prosecute again, we have to get our narrative out there. So we're launching a narrative attack, if you like, this documentary feature-length film, which is going very well. <laughs> when it's out there, when it's, when it's clear what really happened, we'll return back to court and we'll continue our mission. There's a guy on Twitter who put together all of the lies, Peter Stefanovic. Yeah, I think he's had about 12 million views now. Uh, he's a very compelling speaker on Twitter and mm. YouTube. He's got a lot of people following him and interested in what he has to say. And he would be a good person to interview, I think. <laughs> so there are people around who are talking about lies. Are you connected to him at all? Yes, we, we briefly um, had a bit of connection via social media. And I'm actually thinking of asking him to, uh, to appear in the film. Um, mm. And there's also other people like uh, Peter Oban, who um, I think he mentioned recently, he's, he's written several books about lying in politics, one of which was one of the first books I started to read when I started this work. It was called The, um, the Rise of Political Lying, I think, and it was brilliant. Uh, and you mentioned Peter Oban. I watched him speak about his latest book, The Assault on Truth, extremely well written, and, and most of every page is references. So. I like that. I like that about his writing. Yeah. There are other people like uh, Jennifer Nadal, who is the ex-home affairs editor for ITN. She runs an organization called um, Compassion in Politics, along with her colleague, who's uh, a part of an ex-Nobel Prize winning team. And uh, there's also another guy called Alex Tate, who's running an organization which exists to, to change advertising laws to prevent lying in politics and advertising from being allowed. So there's a growing movement. And over the last few years, it's not just me. There's a whole group of us rising up. And I think yes. that that is about that, that's connected to timing and influence because these people, several of which are appearing in the film, um, they have influence with people that I don't. And that's a weak spot that I'm no longer going to have thanks to them, mm -hmm. I think. And working together, we can start this movement and really push it forward. So, yes, there, there are several of us in this space now. Yeah. What's the timeline for this? You've got this new documentary coming out. Yeah, so and we hope to have the, the film out by the end of the summer, latest September, October time. That's the absolute latest. We hope to have it available for people to watch. And then once that's out and the narrative is very clear and people understand what happened, we think something quite dramatic might occur <laughs> because there's one piece of information that we're releasing concerning lying in politics that nobody else knows about. So it follows a year-long investigation that we carried out, which I can't talk about at the moment, but we've discovered something absolutely disgusting, which um, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said in 2020 that is explosive. And um, I think there will be very serious questions asked about whether or not he can continue to be the prime minister once this information is public. Who knows if that happens? It's not, um, it's not required to happen. But once the film is out, once the truth has been revealed about this issue, my intention is uh, to return to court. We have to return to court. We have to get the record straight. And we need to have our jury trial because we won the right to that jury trial after a judge, district judge, Margot Coleman, spent three months examining our case, looking at our evidence and carefully 
considering everything we presented to her, she carried out two hearings. She considered three written arguments and various other emails. She was very thorough. This is not normal activity. Just for a, a summons application for a jury trial, that is not something that a judge usually does. She was aware that people would be scrutinizing the ruling that she produced um, in great detail, and it would be a matter of national interest. So she took her time with it, and she was very careful. Compare that to the reaction of the high courts who stepped in, and after having our case for, as we've discovered now, about a day, <laughs> less than 24 hours, they shut down everything mm. in less than 24 hours. Compare those two. And then ask yourself, which of those judgments do you think would be more reliable? Mm. That is also a key part of our film, because something we've discovered is that um, lying in politics is, of course, a terrible problem. But there's another problem when it comes to values, and that is that judges lie in court rulings, <laughs> which is just something that it, it never even occurred that they would do it. And uh, last week, um, my lawyer and I, we went to the courts and we collected documentation, which I can't talk about in detail, but essentially we've finally proven without any doubt that uh, these judges lied in their court ruling about our case. And we have all the papers to prove it. And that's forming a, a big part of the film. But the, the irony is, is that our desire to challenge lying in politics was shut down by a judge who lied in a court ruling. <laughs> so, yeah interesting stuff it is interesting stuff so you you've talked about setbacks you've talked about judgments against you you've talked about personal attacks from the media the daily mail you've talked about all of this so what keeps you going marcus i think it's that ambition thing it's the desire to do something which i believe really matters and to leave a mark and to be able to make a contribution to the way things work and to change something which i consider to be an enormous problem i find that to be more fulfilling than anything else so i'm a very hard-working resourceful person and i feel confident that if i'd applied myself to a for-profit business for the last 10 years my financial situation would be rather good right now but um I've just realized that that's not who I am. And I find the idea of changing the way society works and solving a problem to be more fulfilling. Of course, I want to make some money one day. <laughs> but uh, in my youth, whilst I'm still quite young, I'm, yeah, it, I, I want to do this. I want to I solve this problem. And I can't leave it. I, uh, when, when, the, when the case was shut down and our, and our appeal was dismissed without any explanation whatsoever, apart from an email saying no, 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 which was very weird. When that happened and I was facing at that time £350,000 of debt, I was crushed financially, emotionally, psychologically. My confidence was just, it was just destroyed. And for about two weeks, I did give up <laughs> after about, I think it was about three years, three and a half years of work or something. And I thought, what the hell am I going to do now? And then I rallied and um, I just thought, I am so close. And there has clearly been some kind of sabotage here. Somebody has done something to three years of my work that has been funded by thousands of people who are all relying upon me as a form of leader in this movement. 
if I abandon this work, I will never forgive myself and I won't be who I thought I was. So I decided not to give up and I decided to discover the truth. And that's why I spent two years working to uncover what happened in our case. And that, that two year period uh, ended last week. <laughs> so I'm very happy about that. We actually thought that something else had happened. We thought that um, a lawyer, but who I won't name, had sabotaged the entire thing by doing something uh, terrible. But these papers last week have proven that the lawyer we suspected was not guilty at all. Um, he made some mistakes, but he was not acting in a in the way we suspected. And it was actually two other people. So, <laughs> yeah, two years of work done, um, still in crushing debt, but I am not giving up because I know how close I am. And I know that despite having everything taken away from me, something was also given to me. Because in the process of taking everything I had from me and putting me in huge debt and humiliating me, these people have actually given me a brilliant story to tell. Um, in terms of getting your narrative across, I'm not just the, the underdog. I'm now the person who has been treated terribly, yet still I'm going, if you like. And that makes for an excellent story to tell. And it, 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 it's a great way of getting our narrative out there and making people understand what it is we're trying to achieve. And there is enormous power in that. Um, and when the film is finished, that's going to be dangerous for everybody else. The UK actually, we, we like an underdog. And um, you've got a, a David and Goliath story going on here, haven't you? A, li a little bit. If it, it does feel a bit like that sometimes, yeah. If I could wave a magic wand and make your life easier... <laughs> <laughs> what, what what do you wish for what would really help um well i'm currently trying to raise 50k to get the film finished and when the film is finished we're selling it and using the money to pay off our court debts so we can go back to court is this magic wand logical or is it uh, a wand that can achieve fantastical things it can achieve fantastical things, you know. Let's dream big. <laughs> okay. I would like you to wave your magical wand, and this this spell that you would cast would mean that any public office holder in the world, anyone who works for the public benefit, would be um, unable to lie to the public without. A, um, a notification appearing, some kind of alert, some kind of clear broadcast that this person is lying to the public right now. Because if we can make that happen, the way I see it is that public office holders, politicians, judges, they're the leaders of society's values. They're, they're the leaders of how the world works. And if they're leading based upon deception, if they're lying and leading, they are by definition leading humanity in a direction which is incorrect, which is deceitful, which is wrong. And the best way to accelerate the advancement of humanity and to make sure that people, the whole world is going in the right direction is to ensure that leaders can't lie to them. That's, that's just my, my belief. I think the politicians only lie to people when they want to achieve something for themselves personally. Some kind of mm. fear is encouraging them to lie, some kind of inability on their part, some kind of failure on their part. 
they lie when their truth isn't strong enough. And so if we can stop them doing that, humanity as a whole will start making much, much better decisions and we will advance faster. That's how I, that's how I see it. They lie when their truth isn't strong enough. Yeah, it's a, I've been working on that for the film, actually. It's, a, it's something like this. Um, politicians only lie when they know that their truth isn't strong enough. That's, oh. that's how I see it. Okay. You said a few things that I, I've written down, like, uh, I can't give up. Um, if I did, I, I won't be who I think I am. I won't be who I thought I was. Um, is there a crowdfunding site at the moment that we can put a link to? No, we haven't crowdfunded for over a year now. Um, I don't think we're going to be doing that soon. Um, but thank you for, for asking. We're not, we're not doing that at the moment. Right. Okay. Is there anything that you would like me to link to? Just the Twitter profile is fine. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. Marcus Ball, I'm going to wrap it up there. I look forward to seeing your documentary. I know that when we met uh, a couple of years ago, you were somebody that I could just, I could just talk to. Marcus Ball, thank you so much for being the guest on the Leadership Wall. Thank you for your time and thank you for involving me. It's been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome.